0: Hey friends, welcome back to the rest of the sermon. I'm happy that you joined us this week as we continue our journey through Philippians. Today we will be picking back up with this theme of the opportunities that God has for us to share the gospel. Last week we talked about how our own suffering, our own setbacks cannot stop the gospel. This week we're looking at at, uh, Philippians chapter 1 verses 19 through 26. And I ended the sermon. By the way, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it or see it, uh, the link will be in the show notes. I encourage you to click on that link and to take a listen. It'll help give you some context for, uh, to, to what I'm speaking about or referencing during this podcast. I closed the sermon out after I was done and had prayed and, and finished everything. I, I shared a story of something that had happened to me uh, last week while I was on vacation, a little small vacation. My uh, three children and I went with Uh, A church family who we were really close with down to the lake And uh, on one of those outings, they have a a pontoon boat The engine had quit Uh, Turns out it was a starter We replaced the starter Uh, I shouldn't say we, I didn't do much The guy there did everything I just watched and held the ladder But I'm taking partial credit because, you know, why not Uh, I told them that in four years it would be a great uh, sermon illustration Of how I came in and saved the day and fixed everything Because that's what pastors do uh, so anyway, uh, all this this this, uh, this time uh, we were spent out on the water, we were trying to row this big pontoon boat uh, back into uh, the dock where we had we had come. We were in a, a little cove and the wind was blowing and it felt like every time we made a little bit of progress, the wind would blow, we would get tired and then by the time the wind stopped blowing and we started rowing again, we would find ourselves 10 feet back further from where we were when we started the, the last time. And so it just felt like we were just going backwards. And so we were trying to flag people down. And finally, we got a hold of someone. And they came over. They drove their boat over. And they'd never towed anybody before. And so we're trying to get lines passed between the two boats and get everything hooked up so that they can tow us back literally like less than a quarter of a mile. I mean, we're not that far from where our dock was. uh, But far enough, it, it, it turns out. Well, they'd spin the boat around after getting it locked up, and on the back of the boat are these two words: God's plan. And that became the sermon for the sermon title for my sermon this past Sunday: God's plan. And that's because in this sermon, in this passage, we look yet once again at what God has called each and every one of us to do, which is to spread this gospel message. So I want to focus today. Uh, digging a little deeper into how we do that, how we uh, seize the moment, we seize the opportunity uh, to be able to do just that to spread the gospel message. And I want to share with you uh, an experience that I had yesterday. The day started off pretty normal, uh, although I did get a phone call um, early from my church secretary. Um, I say early, it wasn't like early, early, but it was early for me. Uh, if you know me, you know what that means. <laughs> And she was relaying to me that she'd been contacted by a local news station in Lexington, Kentucky, that wanted to talk with someone uh, at the church about the coronavirus and its effect on churches, uh, specifically on our church. So I said, "You know what? I'd be happy to do that." She gave my contact information to the reporter. The reporter contacted me. We went back and forth, finding a time that would work, and. So at 2: 30 in the afternoon, we uh, gather together. Um, I gather together there with the church with her, and with a photographer, her cameraman. And we sit down uh, in the sanctuary, uh, or I sit down in the sanctuary, and she's standing over by the, the microphone and the, the cameraman. They're all standing in front of me, probably eight feet away from me or so. So I take my mask off because uh, I want to um, uh, be able to speak clearly as they're asking me these questions. And they asked me a ton of questions. The interview went on for about 20 minutes. Questions from, you know, how has the, the virus impacted this church specifically, financially? Uh, what has been your plan? I mean, all these types of things. And it gave me an opportunity to talk about um, the, the way that we have gone about uh, handling not only our, our uh, decisions and the decision-making that myself and the leadership team, our deacons, are. Are making, but also how we're managing uh, need in the community, uh, as well as uh, the decision-making process for uh, when we decide to do in-person worship services. It gave me a chance to talk about how we had that scheduled. We were supposed to go back to in-person worship services this coming Sunday. Uh, in fact, I'd already planned out this podcast. I was going to talk about that process and what it was going to look like, and and what you know church members could expect if they were coming to Midway Baptist uh, and and invite to hear from other people if, if folks that attend other churches are already in, in person uh, which I would still like to do by the way so if you are listening to this and you attend another church uh, I w- and, and they're in person and you've been I would love to hear what other churches are doing so you could send that information to me uh, at the rest of the sermon at gmail.com I'd really appreciate it I'd love to gather some information so I've been meeting uh, with our local ministers in the area, in our little community of Midway, and I I still meet with a a peer uh, group, peer support group of other pastors. Uh, The the local ministry association meets once a month. This pastor peer group meets twice a month. And so we've been talking quite a bit about this process, about uh, what happens when we're not meeting in person, how to uh, help people connect when they can't connect physically, things like that. And so it gave me a chance, an opportunity to talk about those things. It gave me a chance to talk about something that I've shared here, this this belief that I have that churches, we knew it, prior to the second Sunday of March in 2020 is gone, and it's gone forever. Church will forever be different. I talked about the fact that this pandemic has forced small churches like mine to embrace the 21st century, something we should have done a decade ago, if not more than a decade ago. I talked about how now we're live streaming, and because we're live streaming, we're able to reach more people. I mean, that's what I'm seeing, is we're reaching more eyeballs and more ears than we would if we were still in person. I talked about the excitement level of our members who chime in and uh, who participate in the Facebook Live, and then also the emails and other stuff that I get throughout the week from people that have listened to the message and want to engage about what's happening and what we're talking about through the series. And all of that stuff is great. Like I said, the interview went on about 20 minutes. Well, what aired on television was, to put it generously, five minutes. So you can imagine there was quite a bit of editing. One thing in particular caught me a little off guard. And that was the language that was used to title the piece. Now, this was the lead story, the big story at our 530 News Uh, So we do, uh, in in Lexington, we have a a news program from 5 to 5.30, uh, which covers like all the the big news. And then at 5.30 to 6, it gets to a much more local level. And then they replay the 5.30 news, or the 5 o'clock news again at 6, before it goes to national news at 6.30. So now that you know the TV schedule of Lexington, Kentucky, I'll continue. This led off the 5.30 news broadcast. And the title was Local Church... Uh, suspends in-person services indefinitely. And it's that word indefinitely that caught me a little off guard because I, I never said indefinitely. Instead, so what, I, what I said was our, our leadership team, we meet once a month. And we've agreed that we can't keep putting a start date out there and moving the goalposts just because what we're seeing and reading and hearing from medical experts and uh, recommendations from our governor as well as uh, other pastors and people that I'm talking with uh, tell us we shouldn't be starting yet, then we don't, I don't want to be in a position where we're just moving that start date uh, a couple of weeks down the road and then doing it again. So what we decided to do was we would, we would re-evaluate once a month when we have these deacons meetings, this meeting basically of my leadership team. And of course we have contact throughout the month to share information and talk about what we're hearing, what we're talking with with, with friends, with other folks and other pastors even. And so, not surprisingly, this, uh, this segment airs on television. And, you know, by and large, again, five minutes generously out of a 20-minute interview or so, they captured the essence of what we talked about. Uh, so I have no problem with what was presented or how it was presented. I agree with, with the, the sound bites that they chose. And, uh, like, that's not a problem at all. What's interesting though, and I promise this will come back to God's plan, I promise. What's interesting though is, uh, part of this process means that it's going to go up on their webpage. And so I've been looking for their webpage and and trying to find the story, and it went up. And uh, Mainly I wanted to be able to find it and for it to come up like that so I could share it with my parents who don't live in Lexington, they don't live in Midway, they live on the other side of the state. I get a text message, this all happens last night, I get a text message from my father this morning. And he said, I finally found it on the, the internet and uh, lots of good comments. Of course, there's some political ones in there as well. And so I thought, you know what? I want to see this. And uh, so I go and I go on the webpage and I'm looking and I'm looking. And I'm like, there's no comments here. I don't understand what my dad's talking about. And then it dawns on me, Facebook. Now, I want to preface the rest of this conversation with, uh, I have not taken anything that has been said on Facebook personally. Uh, I'm not angry. In fact, I find uh, I've found some humor throughout the day uh, from memes and other things that have been shared there and how quickly the conversation gets derailed. And that's where it is that I want to talk. I want to spend some time. There's two points I want to make. The, most two, the two most common points uh, that get thrown back uh, at folks who do not uh, toe the evangelical line Uh, And I say that carefully because uh, even in saying that, um, I have friends that are evangelicals, and I have friends uh, that are rational uh, and uh, make good decisions. So just because you have evangelical roots or beliefs does not make you um, fall into the category of what I'm going to be talking about today, okay? Uh, I don't even know that I would necessarily... Classify myself as not evangelical. That's a conversation for another day, though. So the two things that I want to say are things that came out of the comments. And, and I only bring it up because, well, this is a personal thing that I can share about. Therefore, I can own the comments to the story that was basically about me, right? And so, But these are things that I commonly see other places. But I don't want to hijack somebody else's uh, thread or their, you know, their comment section to try to make a point. So i wait and, and did it when it was mine. First, uh, I want to start by just asking you a couple questions, uh, and this is about somebody that's pretty important in the Bible, somebody that I, I think probably all of you know a little bit about, at least I'm hoping you do. If you don't, we need to talk, um, and I'd love to have that conversation anytime. Just email me at therestofthesermon@gmail.com, at gmail.com, and we can set something up. The person that, that this Uh, I want to ask you some questions about is uh, the person in the Bible whose name was Jesus. Jesus, I think we can all agree, is a pretty central figure, pretty important to the biblical narrative, the biblical story. I don't think anything I've said so far has been controversial. What I would want to say, though, is I'd want to ask you a question. Jesus did a lot of teaching. He did a lot of preaching. Um, I'm curious if you can recollect where the majority of his teaching and preaching happened. The correct answer to that is all over the place, right? The most influential sermon he ever gave, the Sermon on the Mount, was right there as it states in the title. It was on a mountain, the side of a mountain. Where was he not preaching? He wasn't preaching in the temple. And I share that because that's significant. It's significant because it also suggests You know, all these people that are up in arms about the fact that people, some churches are making a decision not to hold in-person services, and somehow that shows a lack of faith by their pastor, or somehow that shows um, a lack of knowledge of biblical principles by their pastor, that drives me insane. Because Jesus himself didn't hold church in a church, nor did the apostles, nor did Paul. He founded churches. You're right. He planted churches, but they weren't held in church buildings. They were in people's houses. And so, what do we know about church? I hope you've heard this from your own uh, pulpit. I hope you have heard this message. But church has nothing to do with the building. Those buildings are great. I love the building that I'm in right now. I love uh, the history behind it. I love. The the memories that are associated with it. I have memories and history with my uh, own sanctuary where I grew up. I was married in that sanctuary. My best friend's funeral was in that sanctuary. I could go on and on and on. But that's not church, that's a building. And so this pandemic has given us an opportunity to say, you know what? I want you to be able to experience church. And we're going to take the focus away from this building. We're going to take the focus away from what type of music do we play? uh, What type of uh, liturgies do we read? uh, What temperature do we set uh, the uh, thermostat on? Do we have a meet and greet time or not? Because some people don't like it when strangers come up and shake their hands. Other people love it. What's the right thing to do? We want to make sure people feel welcome, but we don't know how to be welcoming. We have gotten rid of all of that stuff. And now we can just focus on being a church and answering the call. The call that God gave us that said, go out into the world. Instead of our focus being on the product that we have in the inside of that building and hoping and praying that somebody would walk through that door and that we would impress them when they do. We now have church members throughout all of the communities that we represent. We now have an opportunity for church members to say, hey, what are you doing at 11 o'clock tomorrow? Tomorrow, if it was Saturday, you know what are you doing? Eleven o'clock on Sunday. I'd love for you to sit down and, and watch this. You can watch it from home. You don't have to dress up. You don't have to ask the question, "What am I supposed to wear?" You don't have to worry about that awkward time when somebody comes to shake your hand and say hello, and you really don't want to talk to anybody. You don't have to pretend that you know the songs or pretend that you know how to sing. You can just watch it right where you are in your pajamas. None of us will even know. But we have an opportunity now, church, to say, "Hey." Come join us. Join us virtually. And I'll even take it a step further. Maybe you're busy on Sunday at 11 o'clock. You can watch it anytime you want to. I would just like for you to watch it because I'd like to have a conversation with you about it. Boom. There's your opportunity. God has used this pandemic in, in mighty ways to wake the church up. I really believe that. I don't think that that's why the pandemic's here. I'm not crazy. I don't think that it, I'm just saying... When I sit down and I stop and I think about how this pandemic has affected church, I go, oh, man, we are a different animal now than we were five months ago. Now, back to my point. Remember, remember when the narrative shifts away from making disciples. okay? when the narrative shifts away from what God has called you to do and instead shifts back to but your church but your pastor, but you don't have faith. You don't have, remember who it was that Jesus came to call out. Do you remember who Jesus wasn't real good friends with? Let let me give you a hint. It was the church. And you know why? Because the church got on its high horse and decided they knew everything and knew how to do everything and forgot the fact that God was in control We just wrapped up Malachi, and the whole point of Malachi was Malachi saying to God's people, look, you all are going through the motions, you're doing the right things, but your heart's not in it. And it's all for nothing, because God knows your heart's not in it. You don't just do these things because you think you're supposed to, or because that's what you were told to do. You do these things because you believe it. Saved by faith, saved by grace, right? So first, first point. Let's remember what Jesus called us to do. Let's remember the purpose that God has given each and every one of us and the opportunity that lies right in front of us if we would just choose to take it. And that is, church is everywhere. It's not dependent on a building. One quick aside, the pastor group that I meet with, the peer group, we've been talking for about a month and a half, two months now, trying to answer the question, what are... are, what are churches going to do with all these buildings? Because we're finding out pretty quickly, they're, they're like, I don't want to say irrelevant because it's not that they're irrelevant, but man, that's a lot of dead space throughout a lot of the week that we could be using in a totally different way. And a lot of these churches are centrally located in communities and in places where people around them could, could use space. And so we're trying to dream, we're trying to vision. How can a church be a church and be less focused about the building? I don't know, just some food for thought. The second point. So first, don't lose sight of the opportunities that God puts in front of you. Don't get caught up trying to prove your worth based on your church because the church isn't a building. The church is us and we're everywhere. The second thing that I see so often, and it it drives me crazy. um, It seems if you dissent from the popular view uh, and that may not even be fair, because sometimes it's not even the popular; it's the minority view. But even, if you dissent, you run the risk of be, being called a barnyard animal. Can anybody guess what that barnyard animal is? That's right, because I'm guessing some of you said it. You run the risk of being called a sheep, and I guess it's it's being called a sheep because you blindly follow whatever somebody in front of you says. Or, but but here's the thing that drives me crazy, because again, I want to talk about this Jesus fellow, okay? Because uh, again, I think he's pretty important. He's pretty central to this narrative, this biblical narrative, this, this, this thing that we try to follow. And he's kind of the guy we try to emulate and, and, and who taught us how to live. And we can't live up to the standard he gave, but we sure as heck can try. And if we're going to try, we have to remember uh, what happens at the end of Matthew 25. At the end of Matthew 25, Jesus begins uh, teaching again in a parable And he talks about the parable of of the sheeps and the goats. Everybody remember that story? If you don't remember, it goes something like this. God divides uh, the people into two groups. On the right, he puts the sheep. On the, the left, he puts the goats. And he looks at the sheep and he says, listen, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I uh, was locked up. You came and visited me. When I needed community, you were there. You made me feel welcome and valued and like I mattered. And the sheep said, what are you talking about? We never saw you in those ways, God. And God says to the, to the sheep, but, but when you did this to the least of these, you did it unto me. You shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. Because that's what it meant to be a sheep, right? And, and so just stick with me. Then we turn to the goats, and, and it's, it's the opposite message. It's when you saw me hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was naked, you, you didn't offer me clothes. When I was locked up, you wouldn't visit me. You never welcomed me in. You weren't uh, uh, appreciative. You never showed me my worth or, or showed me that I had any value. And So you don't inherit the kingdom of heaven. And the goats go, what are you talking about? We never saw you. If we did, we would have done this, right? We're good church people. We're good church people. We're devout. We do everything right, right? And God's reply was, but when you didn't do this to the least of these, you ignored me. And so my question is, when did it become so bad to be a sheep? Do we forget that that Jesus himself claims to be the good shepherd? And if Jesus is the shepherd, guess what I want to be? I want to be a sheep. I want to be a part of that flock. Because I know if I am and I go astray, he's going to come get me. Because that's what a good shepherd does. So I just want to caution you today. When you feel like getting on your high horse about your own religious views, your own religious morals, your own... Uh, take a step back and think, hmm, am I doing exactly what the Pharisees did when Jesus came and basically told them, you all think you've got to figure it out, but you don't. And two, before I call someone a sheep again, maybe I should stop and think, why is it so bad to be a sheep? I assure you, there is not a political party that I follow. I assure you, there is nobody on this earth that I follow blindly. Instead, as crazy as it might seem, as crazy as it might sound, I do this little thing called research and I educate myself. And based on the education that I find, the reading that I do, I make decisions and they're educated decisions. Now here's something that I know to be true. You may choose to do the same thing, and you may come to a different conclusion than I do. You know what that does not make you? You know what that does not make me? A sheep. That just means we disagree. And guess what? That's okay. Because the last time I checked, neither one of us has this thing figured out. Neither one of us has all the answers. Neither one of us are in control. So the best we can do is the best we can do. And I'm sorry, but as I said... In the video, I am always going to err on the side of caution. I am always going to err on the side of love. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus had every opportunity to call out the tax collector, to call out the adulterer, to call out the prostitute, to call out the hypocrite. But instead, Jesus embraced them. Why? Because what they were doing was right? No. But because nobody had ever taken the time to talk to them. You know why? Because we were all too busy on our moral high horse and we just knew they were wrong anyway, so why waste our time? Jesus said that's exactly where you should spend your time. Why am I passionate about a movement like Black Lives Matter? Because I think Jesus would be. Do I agree with everything it stands for? No. But do I have to agree with everything something stands for to appreciate a message? Do I have to agree with everything that something stands for to be able to stand beside someone and say, you know what, your life does matter. Your views do matter. You do have worth. Much like I don't walk up to my Muslim friends and go, man, sucks to be you. No. You know why? Because their life does matter. They do have worth. They do have value. They were created by the same God that I was. Now, we have conversation and I'm going to have a conversation about Jesus and about my Savior. And we're going to use those terms. And I'm going to ask questions about you know, what, what is so comforting about Muhammad. I'm going to, we're, going to, we're going to dig into it. And that's fine. And, and at the end of the day, most days we agree to disagree. But at least we have the conversation, right? I feel like I've gotten off topic just a little bit. This is what happens when I get started. I want to say, though, as we get ready to wrap things up today. So those two points. One... Obviously, the church is not the building. The church is people. There weren't even buildings in the beginning of this movement, the way, the Jesus way, the, the little Christians, the little Christ, the, the, the little, little Jesuses that ran around and talked about this radical belief. There weren't buildings, but they did it. And now we have buildings and we shouldn't be too married to them. Two, is it really an insult if you call me a sheep? When we really stop and think about it? And maybe more to the point, just because you and I disagree doesn't strip me away of my value. It doesn't strip away my worth. It doesn't strip away the fact that I was created by the same God who created the universe, just like you. So I want to leave you this week with a challenge. Last week we talked about how uh, our own suffering uh, can't stop the gospel. Even through our suffering, if we look at Paul Even through our suffering, the gospel can continue to reign in our lives. This week, I want to talk with you or give you the challenge of, you have an opportunity because you're not constrained by a time on a Sunday morning, more than likely. You're not constrained by a destination on a Sunday morning. The only constraint you have is, are you willing to be bold enough to invite somebody to come listen? Are you willing to be bold enough to say, hey, I'd love for you to hear this message because I want to chat with you about it later on. Are you willing to be bold enough to take a risk to say, God's called me to do something and I'm going to do it. I'm going to share the gospel. Friends, I hope this week you take those chains off. I hope this week you free yourself up enough to say to your neighbors, to your aunt, to your uncle, to your friends, to your brother, to your sister, to your parents, whoever it needs to be. Hey, what are you doing at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning? Why don't you join me at Midway Baptist Church on their Facebook page and we can watch this dude talk. He talks for a long time, but sometimes he makes good points. Or maybe you say, hey, what are you doing at 11 o'clock this Sunday morning? I'm busy. Hey, how about one? How about three? Three. How about whenever you get a chance, you do it, but do it before Monday at five, because I want to call you at five o'clock Monday night, and I want to talk to you about this sermon, because there's going to be stuff in there that's going to be worth talking about. Will you accept that challenge? Will you hop on board this discipleship train? Will you get in line with what God has called you to do, to go and to make disciples? Listen, friends, I'm I'm glad you joined us today. I'm sorry I got a little long-winded, but truthfully, I'm not sorry. I enjoy it. I enjoy talking with you. I hope you enjoy listening. If you have feedback or comments, things that you would like to share, please send those to therestofthesermon at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love it even more if you shared this podcast with some of your friends, if you shared it with your uh, your relatives, whatever. Uh, I'd love to see more people listening more people engaging. Uh, I'd love to build a community around this. So share it with those that you know. Share it with those you know need it. Invite somebody to church this week. It's really easy. You don't even have to go anywhere. They can stay in their PJs. Thank you. Thank you for joining us as always. Thanks for sticking around for the rest of the sermon. Till next time, God bless.